right, baby. Welcome back to Daily DVR. It is Thursday, September 7th, 2023. My name is Axel. With me today is Andy, and we are going to be talking about our top five most anticipated new television shows of the fall. That's right, baby. We got some lists, five shows each. I'm sure we're going to pull an Anna and add some other shows to it (laughs) Um, because that's what we do up in here. Hit us up at dvrpodcast.com. Email us at dvrpodcast at gmail.com. Become a patron at patreon.com slash dvr. Now, I would be remiss if I did not mention the fact that today is the premiere of the most popular television program in all of television, maybe in the history of television, and that, my friends, is called football. Are you excited or what, Ando? I, I'm pretty sure you know the answer to that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I can't. I cannot wait. It's uh, it will be a fun fun weekend for sure. Yeah, I am very excited to watch the Chiefs versus the Lions tonight. It's going to be awesome, and we're going to have an awesome show today. Just as exciting. When I started making this list, I was like, is this going to be good? And I was like, ooh, these are some good shows. So we both um, looked at a list, and I'll put, I'll try to put this, if I remember, uh, in the show notes, which is Variety did an article called new TV shows of fall 2023 or what they had 34 and then time had like 40 something or something like that. Uh, no, yeah, there's a couple, there's a, there's a couple good ones. I think I found, I think polygon had a pretty good one too, that I found some stuff on. Yes. Polygon had one time has one. Um, uh, indie wire had one as well. That was pretty good. Uh, Paste, I saw, had one. Um, one thing I will say, and it's it's always a problem being a huge reality head, a lot of the reality shows don't get included on this list. I saw one reality show, and I, I know I'm probably going to miss some of those in this list, so I do apologize. But as those uh, are discovered and come out, I will report on those. And it's much harder to tell if a reality show is going to be of any quality that you want to watch until you actually watch it. And then at that point, too, there might be a lot of people such as Solo or maybe you, Ando, who are like, that's okay. I'll move on to something else that doesn't involve 50-year-old drunk women throwing glasses at each other. Um, (laughs) So... What are your impressions of, I was saying before we started, Andy, do you agree with me? I'm actually, we're going to do another show of returning shows, most anticipated returning shows. I was a little more excited about the returning shows than I was about the new shows. But after doing the list, it's maybe a little bit even. There are some fun show, new shows coming out, but I, I don't know, I think this this it might it's not slim pickings there's a lot coming out but a lot of stuff was pushed back because of the strike i think and i and um i think that there was a lot of stuff that maybe was coming out later in the fall and i think the fall extends basically to like january as far as yeah. these lists are concerned 
but uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of think? think the same way as the fall goes through basically through December. Cause yeah. I mean, how do, how do you really, or into early January and on the surface, it doesn't look like, not, I mean, it doesn't look like there's something that's just like, Oh my God. But when I'm looking back over the last few years, when the new shows come, a lot of times the new shows come out out of nowhere. And like, I'm, I'm thinking of like the bear last year, last summer, when that came out, no, what, I mean, that literally came out of nowhere. Nobody even knew it was coming. I mean, all of us, none of us really knew much about it. And all yep. of a sudden it was there and Jury it was on everybody's duty. list. I never yeah. heard of that. Now that was yeah. a huge, people love it. So that's, I, I'm hoping that some of these are, there's some gems in here that when all of a sudden it hits and, every, and everybody's going to be like, we need to be watching this or podcasting about it or whatever. So I have hope. I mean, there's, st- and part of me too, is that there's been a few shows that have returned already this year that I was a little disappointed in. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not getting my hopes up too high. The stuff coming still looks very exciting, but yeah. I'm not getting my hopes up too high yet. Cause I've had, I've had my hopes knocked down a little bit. I think I've mentioned in recent podcasts. So yeah. That's ain't that the truth, my friend, but that's, that's life out there in the big city. Um, all right, let's get to it. I'm interested. I didn't put my list in a particular order, but maybe I'll present it in a particular order. Let me see. Actually, I kind of did. Maybe I did. Eh, I don't know. Why don't you go first? I don't, did you go? Did you go in an order like five to one, or is it just I, five? You know what? I have I have one show that is my my easily my most anticipated, okay. and the the other four are just kind of all in no particular order. All right, cool. Well, hit so me. my most anticipated is the fall of the House of Usher by oh, Mike Flanagan. Okay. I, it's it's, it's most likely going to be Flanagan's last Netflix show, but he because he signed a big deal with Amazon to hopefully do the Dark Tower, which he is trying to do, which that's yeah. a whole other thing. But I loved Haunting of Hill House. I loved Midnight Mass. His underrated, I mean, Doctor Sleep and Gerald's Game are two Stephen King adaptations that are very underrated. This one has all of his usual cast plus Mark Hamill and Mary McDonald added to the cast. So I'm I don't know that much about this show. It's about a family and their issues, which is a lot of a lot of fun against stuff, but I am super excited. Hits October twelfth on Netflix, and that is my most anticipated of the fall. I just something with Mike Flanagan, I just really vibe with his what he puts out there. So I'm super excited about that. Yes, this is on my list as well. Um I'm a big fan of Flanagan. I'm also a big fan of his casting too. I think he's really good at casting. And like you said, I mean, Bruce, Bruce Greenwood, Carla Gugino, Mary McDonald, just a great Mark Hamill. Like you said, great cast. Um, and it should be scary right in time for the Halloweeners, right? October Mm -hmm. 12th. That's what we like. I think it's going to be really fun. Um, so well, far. I think when I was thinking back, I think the Haunting of Hill House and Midnight Mass were both in my top five of the years that those came out. I mean, I just so I'm I'm not trying to hype myself up too much, but I'm just I'm real. And like I said, I don't know much about it because I I love being surprised by his stuff. So yeah, me too. I, I think it's going to be great. I was I have not gotten through Midnight Mass. I need to. I think it's oh. just a mood thing for me. I started yep. it and I really liked it. And then it was almost a thing of where it's like I wasn't concentrating on, you know, how it's like second yeah. screen shit and all that. I was like, I'm going to yeah. watch this. So maybe as a preparation for this, um, I'll soon watch that because I'm getting into the Halloween. I, I was just, man, I'm thinking I might put up some Halloween decorations 
after this weekend. What's it's time, you know. Yeah. If you walk into Target or Walmart right now, all you see is Halloween stuff. So it's it's time. <laughs> yeah, baby, I'm getting excited. Halloween, 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 Halloween. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah. And the thing about Mike Flanagan is the shows are not just scary; they're shot incredibly. The production design is amazing. He takes chances in episodes, right, with structure. Um, mm-hmm. Again, great acting. So I'm in it. And they're deep, too. He, he, he has a point, right? And to tra- yeah, not- this is transposing Edgar Allan Poe's famous story, not just, the, not just the fall of the House of Usher, but I think some other stories, too. Yep. Into a, a, a group of siblings who have built a pharmaceutical empire. So it's kind of like modern day retelling. It's going to have a lot to say. I, I like that, and, man. And I mean, his other stuff that he's done, specifically Haunting of Hill House and Midnight Mass. I mean, they're, 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 they're also stories that we know. And they're, they're versions of stories that we know that he puts a unique twist on them. And I think like when you were saying the deep thing, horror for me is always one of those things where I think so much horror is just not good and bad. But the stuff that is really good is really, really, really good and some of my favorite things out there. So I'm very picky on my horror. And this is, I mean, like I said, he's right in my wheelhouse. So I'm I'm super excited for it. Yeah, you know, there's actually, in my mind, it's like different genres, you know, right? There's like horror, then there's like scary movies, right? Like all yeah. of those like found footage and you know, those doll movies and the nun movie, like all those kind of blum <laughs> and a lot yeah. of the a lot of the Blumhouse stuff is is cool but a lot of it is just like typical bullshit like jump scares you know or heavily graphic or something but it's when it gets psychological and when it those are the movies that have always scared me in my life things that have me too yeah have made me feel like oh my gosh like something's just wrong you know (laughs) yes yeah it makes me feel uneasy and Yeah, yeah yeah All right, well, shifting gears, I'll start with mine, and this is at number five. This is a show that I think is going to be super fun. Lawman, Bass Reeves, coming on to Paramount Plus um, November 5th. This comes from our man Taylor Sheridan, starring David Ayuelo, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, who we have seen in so many great roles. Love that dude. He's Mm -hmm. always awesome and intense. And and could be fun too, uh, kind of crafty. Um, so this follows Bass Reeves, who was a, a a he escaped enslavement during the Civil War, went on to become the first Black Deputy U.S. Marshal west of the Mississippi. It follows him working as a federal peace officer in the post Reconstruction era era and capturing more than 3,000 criminals. I don't know if we're going to see him capture 3,000 criminals, <laughs> but this they, they just came out with the trailer for this today, the extended trailer. This just looks like another fun, action-packed, um, you know, quick-moving Taylor Sheridan, Paramount Plus type of show, baby. So I'm all in. It looks good. And that one's I, the only thing about Bass Reeves. I know, like he was fe- also featured in uh, Dame Melinda Loves Watchmen. Yeah. Yes, so that's where I, I that one picked out or jumped out at me too. I'm excited to check this one out. Yeah, it's got a great cast. You know, a lot of people that you would recognize, 
And um, the interesting thing about it, it's being showrun. That's something that I always look at. And for all the things I picked, when I I just Googled showrunner. So the showrunner for this is a guy named Chad Feehan. And he did a bunch of other shows um, that people I think would recognize as being in this wheelhouse, Banshee, Ray Donovan. Um, mm-hmm. He even wrote episodes for Rectify. If you remember that show, Rectify. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was a pretty deep show. Uh-huh. I really like that. Remember the the um, the death row inmate gets let off and you never really know if he did it. It was yeah. created by Ray McKinnon, great actor and writer. Uh, so this guy knows what he's doing right away. When I see that, I'm like, okay, actually for all these shows that I picked, all of the showrunners made perfect sense. And I was like, okay, this is going to be, they know what they are, right? Like they know what kind of show they are. So I, uh, this one looks like it's going to be fun. What's another one you have, Ando? Uh, let me see here. My next, let's see what my next pick is. Oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a daily DVR network in general. I'm a lot, not a lot of people talk about animation or comedy True. and I'm a big fan of both of those. So I put a couple of comedy, uh, animated ones on here. And the first one is actually an adaptation of a movie. Scott Pilgrim takes off, which is going to be on Netflix, which is basically a remake of the movie and comic book done in animated form, but with the original cast from the movie doing their voice roles returning. So Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Kieran Culkin, Chris Evans, Anna Kendrick, Brie Larson, Aubrey Plaza, Ellen Wong, all are back doing their voices again. And I'm not normally a big anime fan, but I'm a huge, huge fan of that, of that comic book and of that movie, the original movie. So I'm very excited to check this out. I, I really don't, I don't know why they're doing it, but if all the voice cast, all the actors are coming back it, and with that cast, I mean, it's an amazing cast. So I'm just, I'm excited to check it out. I really don't know what to expect. It might be terrible, but it's on Netflix on November 17th. So that's my next, that was my next pick that jumped out at me. Yeah. This looks like something that I'll check out. It's like, because I actually, you know, one of the returning shows, which we'll mention when we talk about it, Invincible, which I loved. I really, I think that animation is an amazing way to tell a story. But for me, I am just not a, I have to admit this, my son is going to hate me for saying this, (laughs) but anime in general, right? The the genre of anime has kind of taken over everything and I can't fucking stand that tip like like man i know i'm gonna watch one piece on netflix but i couldn't get through fucking three minutes of the cartoon because let me tell of the anime i should say because let me tell you something all it is is people yelling their eyeballs popping out like yeah it's it's just that that's part of what worries me about this i want i i mean I love everything about Scott Pro. I love the, the, that it's going to be animated, but the part of it that it's anime is the part that I'm a little nervous. Yeah. This might be something I watch ten minutes and I and I'm like, nope, because I'm I'm with you. Anime normally for me is not so. It's yeah, it's the it's too in your face sometimes and too. Not that that bothers me most of the time, but something something about the vibe of anime, I I rarely click with it. It does bother me. It's annoying. It's the same thing where I have a hard time sometimes watching. Even though I've watched a bunch of them, the star, even like the Star Wars ones or any like the DC animated movies, when it's 
like a 15 minute scene of yelling and action. And it's just a bunch of, it just looks like a CGI fest, you know, to me, it's like kind of the equivalent, I guess, as I've gotten older, I mean, it's even like a John wick thing. It just, after a while that just kind of bores me. It's like the same slow-mo this or people yelling. It's just that high energy thing. Yeah, something about the aesthetic normally turns me off. So that's, like I say, it would not surprise me. It's one of my most anticipated, but it would not surprise me at all if I'm like, I watch five minutes and I'm like, I know what this is. I don't need to see anymore. I mean, that could definitely be that way or I might love it. Right. You could be surprised and say, oh, okay, cool. This is like something I can actually watch. And I really, I mean, thinking about that movie, I could see that. I mean, that movie kind of has that anime feel, even though it's live action, because it does feel like overly hyper at times and just in your face and and it works for that movie at least for me so i don't know i'm i say that's part of why i'm curious to see the see the see what they do with the show definitely well my next is something that is live action though in many ways it's i think inspired by and maybe is the closest approximation to a, a crazy uh comic book or anime or cartoon which is the spinoff of the boys gen v which is coming out september 29th and this is like the boys set at a uh, at a superhero university which is basically run by voight industries if you watch the show um you know it's like it's 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 a they're going to get to the bottom of some larger secret while of course they have crazy sex, do drugs and there's intense scenes of violence and debauchery, <laughs> which is what we've all come to. I think love. I read something that I think I read something from one. I don't know if it was one of the cast members or one of the producers that said they thought this was more over the top than the boys. Even this almost made my list. I, I assumed you were going to put it on there. So I didn't include it. I'm, I'm very excited to check this out too. Yeah, I think it I think it actually the more I kind of learned about it and especially um the uh the showrunners that they have uh on this show Michelle Fazakis and Tara Butters who have been doing shit forever they worked on um the Peggy what's that Peggy Carter show on ABC oh. Yep, And they also had worked on like Law and Order together. Um, They did another superhero show that I'm forgetting. So they've been doing this for like 30 years. They're like professionals. And I think they just want to have fun with this show. And I mean, also Eric Kripke, who I Mm -hmm. still can't believe the heroes guy. (laughs) I Um, know did something right for once because I really do. I have to admit that the boys, though it is sometimes repetitive and it's like, we got to kill the big bad. You know, it's always about getting Homelander, right? It's just, it's, they almost set him up as being too strong. Right. And it's for sure. They kind of go in the direction and then they kind of back off. So let's see what happens, but I'll say one thing. It ain't going to be boring. I, I, you know, (laughs) because the boys, (laughs) no question. Yeah. Just when I think sometimes that the boys is a little stupid or over the top, they just do something where I'm like, fuck it, man. They really went for it and you just have to respect it. You know, it's insane. (laughs) I, and you know, who's in this too? Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's son, Patrick Schwarzenegger. Oh, 
Really? I yeah. didn't know he was in it. Yeah. So that should be fun. Huh. Uh, Arnold, maybe Arnold will show up. Um, and that of would, course, you know what? He would, he would fit right in, in the boys universe. He would totally completely. And he would play it so well too. So maybe one day, and don't forget, we don't, we shouldn't forget too, that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, um, like co-created and executive is this supposed this to take place at the same time as the boys or like concurrently do you know is that, are they i don't i haven't I read much it about is. it i believe okay. it takes takes i believe that it will intersect with the timeline okay of the boys that's what I, we've all that's what i wondered yeah we've all gotten way too used to that crazy language all right what else yeah, you got ando well, the other one is another animated, and this one actually is on broadcast TV, which really, really shocks me. And it is probably the worst title of anything I've seen. And I, when I first saw the title, I'm like, this is going to be dumb. And then I started looking at who was involved, and I got excited. It's called Crapopolis yes. on Fox. And it uh, the executive producers are Dan Harmon, who everybody knows from Community and Rick and Morty and all that stuff. And... Jordan Young is the showrunner, and Jordan Young was one of the big creative minds behind BoJack Horseman, which yeah. is another show. I mean, ultra depressing, but I love it. It's, I think it's one of the best animated shows ever. Some of the people in the cast of this, um, Hannah Waddingham, from, she plays the owner and Ted Lasso, Matt Berry, who I absolutely love and what we do in the shadows and everything yeah. else he does. Just Him just talking makes me laugh, so just hearing his voice, I will be laughing. Rich, I, Richard, I, I can never say his name right, Aode, British guy who's also very good it's set in ancient greece centers around the like the formation of the first city first city in the world or something i don't don't know a whole lot about it i've i haven't watched a trailer or anything because they tend to spoil a lot of the good stuff on especially on comedies for fox so i'm another one that might be five minutes and i shut it off again but another one that the talent involved that makes me want to check it out yeah um i don't know if i'm gonna check it out (laughs) It doesn't seem like it's up your alley at all. You weren't a Bojack fan, were you? Not really. And I'm not really too much of a Dan Harmon fan either, but I, uh, it's definitely on the list. You know, I looked, I looked at this one too. And I said, Hey, this looks interesting. People are going to like this. And this was, I believe that I've been hearing about this for a while. I believe this was pushed back, um, from, I don't know. I don't know if it was a strike or just because it was pushed back or something, or I mean, it's, it's coming yeah, on it was, Fox. So it was in yeah. development for a long time and it's already been renewed for three seasons. Oh, that's the part of it. Thank you. Okay. Right there. They, they, they cashed on this one. They were like, give us a million of them. If you've yeah, got the so, people in the studio, just write them and they'll be sit there for four hours and do like three seasons of worth of work. And I mean, they say, I, I am a big animation, especially anime, com- comedy animated stuff. And Fox has had some good ones. They've also had some really bad ones. And they've also mistreated some shows that they shouldn't. And I mean, so it's, I'm all over the place with that. So it's one of those ones, just like anything that Fox animated puts out, I'm going to check it out. And say, I, just like I was saying with Scott Pilgrim, I may tune out right away. And I, I might realize, you know, I half an episode, I, I don't, I don't like this. So I'll be able to tell early, I think so. I'm going to check it out either way just because of the talent and because I love BoJack. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. BoJack Horseman. All right. Next up for me is uh, something coming to Showtime, which I mean, which I guess means also Paramount Plus, depending on where you are or whatever. It's called Fellow Travelers. It's like a 
Uh, I'll just read the logline. Based on Thomas Mallon's novel, this is an epic love story and thriller highlighting, uh, political thriller highlighting the lives of two men who meet in McCarthy-era Washington. Um, They begin a romance just as Joseph McCarthy and Roy Cohn declare war on subversives and sexual deviants, initiating one of the darkest periods in 20th century American history. The series follows the group over four decades through Vietnam disco aids crisis it's got jonathan bailey matt bomer who i think is great um allison williams is in it and this just looks like one of those kind of deep um interesting it's really more of i think more of a when you i watch a little bit of a trailer for it and it's really more of like kind of political stuff that's going on too so this yep. seems like maybe in the maybe like a higher aiming for the prestige level, you know? Yeah, it looks a little a little more highbrow than yeah. Crapopolis. Yeah, slightly, <laughs> slightly, you know? Yeah, I would definitely say so. You never know though, because it could be crap itself. Um, but it looked it looked good. It's got uh the guy who is show running a credit, Ron Nicewaner, who's the guy who wrote Philadelphia and he's been working forever. Um, so it looks like it has a good crew. The trailer was nice. It looks like it's shot well. It looks like it's a lot of different locations around the world. And I've been hearing some good things about it. So uh, I will be checking out fellow travelers. And It definitely doesn't sound like it's a real uplifting show. Uh, it might not be, but you never know. Well, it's hard to tell from just reading the, uh, a premise. Love has its ups and downs, Ando. Good, good yeah. point. Good point. Just like this podcast. <laughs> yeah, You're exactly, exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. What else you got? Okay. My next one is, I mean, just because, I mean, you know, the your reality shows are your guilty pleasure. And I rarely have talked about this on the podcast, but one of my guilty pleasures is professional wrestling. And there is a show coming out. It's a documentary series about wrestlers it's called wrestlers on netflix comes out i think next week even or in the week after that but it's about this place called ohio valley wrestling where a lot of famous now famous guys were trained like uh but dave batista john cena were trained there brock lesnar a lot of big names that common people know anyways it used to be like a minor league system for the wwe well wwe created their own one and basically dropped this ohio valley wrestling and so now they're trying to make it on their own without the big money of WWE. It's a seven or eight episode series just about what goes on and how they how they make stuff and how the behind the scenes stuff in wrestling is even is extremely fascinating to me because it's unlike anything else. Live inter- live scripted entertainment that also has a stunt show at the same time. Just crazy. So this is just hits me right up in my right up my alley too. a documentary about something that I love well, my guilty pleasure. One of my guilty pleasures. So I'm excited to check this out. It's the same people that made Cheer and Last Chance You on Netflix. They're both pretty solid documentaries yeah. as well. So I'm I'm excited to check this out. It's called yeah. Wrestlers. Yeah, I will be checking this out too because of that. The same, like you were saying, they've done some good stuff in the past, and um, that's always interesting. You know, I'm not a wrestling fan, but back in the day, I was when I was a kid. And a couple times, my mm-hmm. friend's dad took us to 
um, you know, like local wrestling matches, like in high schools or yep. like some weird <laughs> coliseum. VFW or something. Yeah. yeah or like place yep. I didn't know you all of a sudden you think you're going into a mall and it's just this big fucking building, right? Like uh-huh. weird places. The armories. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. Armories. Yeah. Exactly. That's yep. exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> and I, I've, so that, in, that part of it interests me. I think that and it's like, uh, you know, the Mickey Rourke, the wrestler. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I dig it, man. All right, cool, bro. Well, we're we're moving along here. Okay, I think I only have like uh see I only got like two left. Um I will go with my second my uh, th- this is not my most anticipated show, but it's my second most anticipated show and you hear my my voice rising. Because yeah, I can tell. Two of our it's getting friends, higher pitch. Yeah, two of our friends on the Facebook, one Mike and Aaron A Dash Hustler, trying to diss my ass when I said <laughs> I was looking forward to this show, trying to rain on my parade as it may be. Um, a Hustler's, I don't know, man, about this show. And uh, one Mike, <laughs> though, I trust he's going to watch it. So I reserve. Yeah, he'll at, le- he'll at least. Check it out. I was trying oh, yeah. to defend you too. I, I this I knew you were gonna put this on, so I did not put this on. Yeah. This is one of my top five the most, yeah. but yes, go ahead. <laughs> I'm so excited, baby. This is Monarch Legacy of Monsters, bro. It is the Apple TV continuation of the Godzilla Kong Skull Island King of the Monsters. Godzilla vs. Kong, all those movies that have been coming out for the past, I guess, 10 years. Yeah, I think um, the one that started it was the Brian, the one with Brian Cranston was, I think, the beginning of that. Yes, that's right. So this takes place after Godzilla and the Titans battle confirm the monsters are real. The show tracks two siblings following in their father's footsteps to uncover their family's connection to the secret organization known as Monarch. Clues lead them into the world of monsters and ultimately down the rabbit hole to army office. This is long to army officer Lee (laughs) Shaw taking place in the fifties and a half century later where Monarch is threatened by what Shaw knows. The journey spans over three generations, uncovering secrets that can change everything. And the cool part about it, as you uh, pointed out, is that. Wyatt Russell is playing a younger version of his dad, Kurt Russell, in the show in the two different time periods. Um, This was now the EPs for this. One of the guys, Matt Fraction, is a very famous comic book uh, writer. And he's he's written a bunch of uh, comic book movies as well. these are yeah. these are good dudes. Um, Chris Black did uh, Star Trek Enterprise. He's also involved with Desperate Housewives. So it's I I I think it's really cool. and Matt Shackman, who directed a bunch of episodes of WandaVision, Game of Thrones, it directed yeah, the first two episodes. I think. Look. A dash hustler ain't never going to watch an episode of this or he's going to watch it and he's going to be like, oh man, I was wrong. Godzilla is the man. (laughs) Um, I think Mike is going to be turned on this and he's going to say, I stand corrected. Axel was right. Godzilla is fucking on. What what did he say? They were both like this in Godzilla. Is is it? Am I? Andy, am I under the impression that Godzilla is not awesome? Godzilla is awesome. It's Godzilla. 
Yes, I totally agree. But there is definitely a, and you know, I think some of it is some Godzilla is one of those characters that if somebody hasn't watched it for a long time or seen any of it, like the the myth of Godzilla, people think, oh, it's silly. It's a bunch of guy in a suit walking around and thing. And it like his, the reputation of Godzilla for somebody that hasn't seen it, I think is very different than what Godzilla actually is most of the time. I, or they think of like the shitty Roland Emmerich one or things like that. There, there's some uh, high quality. I mean, yes, there is some goofy stuff, but there is some there is some really high quality stuff here, too, I think. Yeah, but even the old. 60s yeah. Godzilla. I love that shit, man. Monster Island mm-hmm. with that fucking freaky little monster, baby monster. Yeah. Everybody remember. I love that shit when I was growing up. And and honestly, we were talking a little bit about um all like show ideas going forward for daily DVR shit that I could talk about or we could talk about. And one of the ones mm-hmm. I was thinking about because of this was ranking newer film series and one of the series is this godzilla series which i actually think was quite enjoyable i I thought the king kong ones even the one with uh with uh what's his name uh dan from um from roseanne oh john goodman (laughs) john goodman right like i think that they i think that hey are they hit and miss yeah, they are. Are they too long? Yeah. But I think they were kind of cool. We had the one also with Stranger Things, Girl 7 in it too, right? Like you said, well, Brian Cranston. If if Godzilla wasn't a thing, I mean, Criterion has an eight-disc Godzilla collection that they put out a couple years ago. I mean, there there's definitely some history with Godzilla and it being great. And we haven't even talked about one of the best things about this. It's on Apple+. Plus. And yes. Apple Plus yep. is committed to sci-fi and actually making it good. <laughs> I mean, it's they've been almost on. I mean, it's been a hit after hit after hit. Even if you don't, even the show hasn't been a huge hit, the show has been high quality. So it's oh, they're not just a doubt. Yeah, I mean, if this was on Prime or something, I might be like, uh, I'd be a little more leery. But the two Russells and Apple Plus to me is enough to watch it. And Shackman is also a a good choice too. Thank you, Andy. You make a great point. Apple TV Plus is the home of great sci-fi. They are the best sci-fi shows. When I see something's coming on Apple TV Plus, I'm like, I'm down, baby. And you're right. If this was Amazon, I would be like, oh, I don't know. I uh, like that show, The Power, that recently came. That was terrible. They're just, even if it was Netflix, man. Then, than- well, Prime did the uh, the Russo Brothers one, too. That wasn't very oh, good, too. Oh, God. The- Citadel. Can't even remember what the name. Yes, that was horrible. I can't even believe I fucking watched that garbage, man. That was like just watching people shit on money. That's what that should have been. They should have just had <laughs> and them. then lighting it on fire. Exactly, lighting it on fire, <laughs> eating it again after it had been put out, and then shitting it out again because that's how terrible that was. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, they have a commitment to it. The production design is going to be awesome. Um, a hustler, one Mike, you will be proven incorrect. Aaron will never know because he won't watch. He'll be like, man, I got time for that. I got to go to a concert, and uh, <laughs> one Mike will will say, hey, I watched this and it was really good. Maybe we'll have him on and talk about it. But um, I think you, you're right, Andy. Great production. They're gonna put their all into it, and also, guess what? I love Wyatt Russell. I love Kurt Russell. Why? Yeah, what, that's 
That's the other thing I'm going to say. It's got both of the Russells yeah, I would together. Watch. I, I love both of them. I don't think I've seen anything of Wyatt Russell's that even if it's not, even if the show or the movie isn't good, he is good in it. Uh, I don't, I have nothing. Yes. That's like, I wasn't crazy about Falcon winter soldier. I thought he was great in it. He's awesome in 22 jump street that he was in. He was hilarious in that uh, lodge 49. He's amazing in that. That's uh, great. And Kurt Russell. It's yeah. Kurt Russell. <laughs> great. Let Andy Wyatt Russell is quietly one of mm. America's best young actors. Yeah. Uh, or middle-aged, I guess. Uh, he's probably like 35, <laughs> 40 years yeah. old. So, young oh, to I, us. I can't tell. Whenever I see a young person, they look like they're 12 to me now. So it's hard for me to tell. I'm just <laughs> like, anyway, all right, let's move it on. I only have one more left. Do you have another show? Well, my last one is going to be a cheat. Oh, okay. It's not a show. <gasps> oh. This okay. fall... There is some amazing film directors coming to streaming. Wes Anderson, Todd Haynes, Bradley Cooper, Martin Scorsese, Sam Esmail, even who doesn't have a ton, he's got a great a lot of great TV, all have movies coming to streaming this fall, like in the next two months. Wes Anderson movie coming to Netflix. David Fincher, too. Ne- Wes Anderson's got a new movie coming to Netflix in three weeks. Fincher, November 10th. Tide Haynes, who's only barely makes movies at all, has got one December 1st coming to Netflix. Yeah. I mean, it's I, I'm super Scorsese in October is coming to Apple TV. I mean, it's so it's I know it's a cheat to not do shows, but some of these the, these directors, these are big time directors coming. So I'm I'm very excited about all of these movies. Yeah, definitely, man. What's that? Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes, for, the preview looks amazing. It does. Oh, man. Come on. You know, listen. Tom Cruise can run like no one ever in the history of <laughs> film, right? And our man Leo can look sad as a motherfucker better than... He just looks so... Oh, man. You just want to save... That's why all the ladies like him. They just want to save him, right? It's he lo- like he looks ins- vulnerable. Yeah, he's vulnerable. It's like an inception. He's like a yeah. guy that could be your friend, and then he needs you, you know. And go. And guess what? You can change him. You can make him better. He's gonna try, right? Mm-hmm. That's Leo for you. He looks. He he's intense. He's got some weird jaw shit going on in this movie too, with his mouth. I don't know what's happening, but I can't wait to see that. Now, of course, again, this movie is going to be like 8,000 years long. I think it, <laughs> I, it's like four and a half hours, right? Yeah, I had heard, heard rumors of close to four hours yeah. after edits. So, I mean, look, I don't care. Martin, if you refuse to understand that you should make this into like a three or four part television show and it would actually be more effective that way, that's fine. You want to make a movie, I'll just hit pause. That's okay. Yep. I'll just hit pause yep. on my own. And, you know, I some of that stuff, like the people that are complaining about some of these guys doing this, I mean, there's no way he would have got the kind of money he got to make that no, if he no. hadn't had Apple TV partnered Fuck with him. That. There's no way. Anybody, if you're still playing this game of compl- of like save the theaters and streaming, and all, come on, man, you're playing a fool's game. You're talking about a bunch of billionaire motherfuckers trying to tell you how to watch something. Just watch whatever you want. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? There, there's no... The money is going to cut. They all these people are hustling to try to get people to make let them make a movie. I, just today, the news came out and there was an excellent trailer from 
a, a friend of the DVR podcast only because I like him. He has he doesn't even know we exist. Jeff Nichols, <laughs> who I love. Oh yes, yes. Who hasn't directed a movie since Loving in like 2016, which was awesome, a beautiful film, right? Has that been 2016 already? That's he'd made Take Shelter too, didn't he? Yes, man. Yeah, that's what I thought. He's amazing. I fucking love Jeff Nichols. He tried for four and a half years or something to make a reimagining kind of reboot remake of Alien Nation. And it was, I could only imagine how cool that was going to be. But it's, you know, you can't, even if you have actors attached, it's sometimes even an actor doesn't make a movie anymore, you know, like funding. Yeah. It, you just got to, you know, right place, right time. Or, you know, you go to, you go to the streamer. Like they say, you try to work something out if you already have a name. Um, you know, Linkletter did an interview where he was like, this is the end of movies. There's never going to be a time like the 90s again where people can just make camera, get cameras and make movies. I'm like, I'm sorry, sir. I disagree with you. You know, it will, people go out there, pick up your iPhone or camera, make a great movie, make a great story. People are going to watch it. You know what I'm saying? You have to, and there's more ways to get it out there now. So I, I think that it's, this is, we're living in a great time where there's tons of content, however it comes, let it come. And I like the fact that you listed a bunch of movies because it doesn't matter, does it, Andy, right? It's just a distribution platform, right? Like, I mean, is it, are, are the all the shows we love long movies or are yeah. movies becoming short TV shows? I what mean, it's it what what the hell is the difference? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's the like, one that... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, oh, no, go ahead. Finish the thought. I was just going to say, it's like uh, being a Stephen King fan, as many of us are. He always liked to fuck with the novella, short story, yeah. right? Like short mm -hmm. novel. like what. So it didn't matter. It was just a story. You picked it up and you said, okay, this is this many pages. I'll read. It's still, it's a story, you know? And I remember some some short stories that I remember way more than I remember some books that I spent a month reading because it was like 1500 pages. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So right. A story is a story and, and yep. it's up to, you know, it's once you write it, it passes out into the world or once you create the movie, it passes out into the world or whatever happens next is not up to you. And people are going to take it as they take it. Um, all right. The, uh, oh, go ahead. When I, before we go off this too, other one of the, I, I mentioned him just briefly and I wouldn't have said it, but, it was the first I heard of it was when I was looking at stuff last night is the movie that Sam Esmail has coming. He's he was the one who made uh, homecoming yeah. and Mr. Robot and stuff like that. It's an apocalyptic thriller stars Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke and Kevin Bacon. That cast. I'm like, whoa, that's I mean, I'm very excited about I don't know anything about what it is other than it's an apocalyptic thriller. So I just wanted to give that a little love because it sounds extremely cool. So, anyway, continue. What is this movie? It's produced by the Obamas. It's the first thing Obamas have done with like the fictional stuff too. So it's I gotta, based on a novel of the same name. Yeah, I gotta look more. What's it called? Leave the world behind. Leave the world behind. Yeah, it says the plot follows oh. Amanda, played by Julie Roberts, and her husband Clay, by Ethan Hawke, as they rent a luxurious home for the weekend with their kids, Archie and Rose. Oh, their kids, Archie and Rose. Their vacation is soon upended with two strangers. G.H. and his daughter arrive in the night, bringing news of a mysterious cyber attack and seeking refuge in the house they claim is theirs. 
Two families reckon with a looming disaster that grows more terrifying by the minute, forcing everyone to comes with term come to terms with their places in a collapsing world. Denzel is in this shit too. Well, that's the thing. I clicked on that when you Google it, Denzel comes up, but then I clicked on the Hollywood Reporter article, and his name is not mentioned anywhere. So okay. I don't know if he's actually in it. Yeah, and it's and it's a white couple and a black couple, right? Mm-hmm. Setting that up. Mahershala, Julia Roberts, Kevin Bacon. Damn. Yeah, I've heard nothing about it till I was looking at stuff last night. I'm like, what the hell is this? I oh wait, I'm okay, really- I know, I know her. She's an industry. And she was in Modern oh, okay. Love too, the who's playing Mahershala's wife. Okay. Intr- yeah, she's good. Oh wow. Farrah McKenzie? Uh no, Mahila Harold. Maybe oh, okay. Maybe I'm, Oh, Mahila Harold. Yeah, I, I don't see okay. I don't see I'm just judging from the way they're listed that, that she's yeah. gonna be a because it's the two couples, but I could be incorrect about that. But no, yeah, I wow, what right. a cast. Yeah, so Thanks. I just wanted to throw that out there because I don't think anybody they haven't really publicized it yet. So I'm very excited when I heard about that one. So I anyways, it, what's man. your what's your last show? Well, my last show is my most anticipated fall show coming out on November 14th on FX on Hulu. If Hulu is even going to be around by then, because I didn't they just say that they were going to open up talks to kind of uh I guess Disney's going to sell off their part or something. I don't know. Whoever where, is Disney selling off or are they buying out the other half? I don't even fucking know. I'm just, yeah. I'm just in my fucking room in, in Portland, man. I'm just talking <laughs> to a mic. That's um, exactly. But this for me, it, uh, we talked a little bit about this. Britt Marling, Zal, Batmanjil, Batmanjil. Oh yeah. You um, and Solo talked about it on the yeah, film list here. A murder at the end of the world. I can't wait for this shit. Britt Marling, please, I love you. Come find me. We can run off together. <laughs> but I'm married and I have a kid. And I think I probably won't do that, though. Maybe in my <laughs> fantasies. Who knows? Um, but this is kind of like a glass onion thing where a group of people are invited to a billionaire's house, right? And one of them ends up dead. So yeah. it. I kind of dig that people are putting it in that um, glass onion category of, you know, or let's see, what else do we have? Only murders in the building. Um, What's the other one on, um, on Apple TV plus, which I haven't really gotten into season two of this year. Oh, the after party, the after party. Yep. Um, you know stuff you know that became popular again right like the yeah the, this uh, this one definitely was going to be on my list too but that's another one i i kind of assumed you were going to put it on so that's why i went yeah. looking for other shows so yes i'm also excited to see this one a lot but you know it's going to subvert that because oh yeah for sure these two creators are fucking nuts and they're so creative yeah, they're not just going to recycle stuff we've no. seen already in the last year or two. And when I say it's going to be different, I don't mean like, oh, it's going to be a killer you didn't expect. Uh, no, it, by the end of this, they're <laughs> going to be on fucking Mars or something. You know what I'm saying, people? Like, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, or they're going to be in, in like some kind of fucking dimension that exists between fucking love and dance, like in the OA. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's it's yeah. nuts. I love it. I love Brit Marling. I can't wait for this. This is by far, this is my most anticipated show, uh, even though Godzilla is running a, a close second because that's going to be fun. Um, but I can't wait for this show. 
It's going to be weird. And that's, you know, I'm a little disappointed that 1899 was canceled by Netflix. I know uh, some people, including Solo, didn't like the, what it, you know, the kind of secret turned it out to be. But that we all know that wasn't going to what it was going to be. It was going to be something way crazier because Dark yeah. is fucking multifaceted and, and, and immense and insane. Uh, and yep. just like that's what I look forward to out of this show. I, I, I kind of miss that. I really like, you know, the, the twin peaks ish type show, call it the mm -hmm. lost type show. Right. I mean, yep. I like fucking crazy shit. Mysterious. Yeah. yeah. And when it's mixed with sci-fi or genre or a genre, as this is taking that kind of Agatha Christie whodunit genre and perverting it, um, you know, I look forward. I think it's going to be really fun. And I, I hope all I needed to know is that well. Clive Owen is playing a character named Andy. So I'm sold. Yeah. Clive Owen. It's got a great cast too. You know, they're going to, you know, this is going to be cast very well. Oh, Alice Braga, 100%. who we've seen in a bunch of stuff. Joan Chen is in it. Um, yep. It's going to yeah, be speaking of twin peaks. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's going to be very fun. So that's, November and you know, 14th. like, and being a part of FX, FX, I'm a lot, oh, I've talked about this many times, FX, I'm generally, I will always give the show a chance if FX is putting behind it, because more often than not, unless it's related to Ryan Murphy a lot of the time, I will enjoy it. So, yeah. and even some of his stuff I do enjoy, but yeah, FX, usually FX is a sign of approval for me. So, yeah, you know, man, I'm really struggling because I might have to break my fuck the Kardashians on never even look at anything they have to do with or anyone that has anything to do with them, which may mean that I can't watch Dune now because Timothy Chalamet is like dating one of those nasto whatever. I don't remember. Which yeah, but he, you know what? He, he finished all that long before. Long before he was involved True. with any I'll Kardashian stuff. Thank you. So. Oh, God. Thank you for telling me that, Andy. You're right. I'll, I'll find a way that you have to watch yeah. Dune, but no, don't worry. I'm going to watch Of Dune. when it eventually comes. Yeah. I don't give a shit. It's impossible not to watch anything that those people haven't in, in yeah. some way. They've, they've stuck their tentacles into everything yes. at this point, so you can't be you can't be completely clean of it. That's their purpose in the world, right? <laughs> yeah. There. Um, they're like, they're, they're like the, uh, ghost, uh, like the guy who sucks your uh, Colin from, um, Oh, energy vampires, they're, they're energy vampires. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, anyway, I don't even remember why I was saying, what was I talking about? Andy save me. <laughs> um, we're talking about, uh, this Brit Marling and the murder oh, yeah. at the end of the world. It's just going to be great. I look forward to it. Uh, no, I was, I, for some reason I started talking about Kardashians or <laughs> something like that, but anyway, well, she's on one of the, Oh, I this is what I was going to say. One of the, uh, American, horror, American horror. That's yeah. what I was going to say is I'm going to have to break my rule because I fucking, I love Ryan Murphy. I love American horror story. Yeah, it's kind of good every other season. And last season was just kind of good. It was very weird. Uh, I liked it, but it didn't really kind of come together in the way I thought it would. So maybe this is going to be a better season. And I know Kim Kardashian is in the season. <laughs> so I'm going to have to watch it because I am actually an American horror story. And I love Ryan Murphy going back to Nip Tuck, which was so fucking weird so weird yeah i'm just very i'm very hit or miss on ryan murphy sometimes yeah. i like him or love him even and other times i'm like uh just not my thing so 
I think a lot. I think also he at one point in time, and I don't know if it's still true. He was doing so much that yeah. it, it did suffer. It was like there was a Ryan Murphy algorithm. You know, he was just telling people how to make something that looked like he made it. And yep. then every once in a while he would make it and that would be the good season of American Horror Story, except when Lady Gaga is like was in one season and I, what the fuck is going on? It, it was just like, look, it's Lady Gaga. But hey, she ended up winning an Oscar and singing some song about some alcoholic guy who died. Um, hey, I thought I, I know I know you're not a fan, but I'm a, I was a huge fan of that movie. I thought she was great in it. I'm not a huge Lady Gaga fan, but I, I did know. think she was great in that movie. I just couldn't do it. I've um I don't know. Especially the first hour of that movie is really awesome. The second hour, eh, the first hour though is really really great I think, but it's that's like, a, that's a di- that's a different discussion. It's like a reverse <laughs> Titanic. Yeah, so, kind of, yeah. I was listening to some podcast and some and they they were reminiscing about uh and then someone said, "I only ever watched the second cassette, the VHS cassette of Titanic." <laughs> and I was like, "Me too. I never watched the beginning of all I remember is you put it in and all of a sudden, um, what's his name? Billy, what's his name? Who played the bad guy? Oh, Billy Zane. Billy Zane is yelling at someone and then the boat starts sinking. And I was like, this shit is good. And then I went back and I like started watching the beginning of it. And I was like, I do not give a fuck if he paints this nude. Well, maybe I wanted to see her <laughs> nude, but I don't really don't give a shit. Like this is, I still boring. like the uh, the first. I still like Bill Paxton being very Bill Paxton, and I still like. I mean, oh, Leo was still the sub shit was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I liked with, but then it was like with the old lady, and I, I don't know. It was, I just didn't <laughs> care. I have no. The only connect I I have no connection to these things. I'm just a person who doesn't give a shit. Like I don't. The only connection to the Titanic I ever had was loving that movie when the that what was that movie called when the boat turns over the um oh man the what's the famous boat capsize Poseidon adventure yes the Pos- I love that movie it was so crazy when the whole yeah oh. Gene Hackman right oh man that was I think Ernest Borgnine was up in that shit too hanging off the yep. table while it turned upside down uh-huh um so that's the that's the only thing I was just interested in seeing the fucking ship go down because I'm like, look, number one, I am never going to be on a fucking boat like that. You will never catch my <laughs> ass on a, some kind of cruise or anything like that. That is not happening. I am not. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing we should cancel the plans for the daily DVR cruise festival of you, 2024. You well, all are welcome to go and I can, <laughs> you can get me on a zoom onto the ship. That's the only way you're going to see my ass. <laughs> I am not going on one of those cruise ships. I know many people. I know Bill Cava goes on those. I see his uh-huh. pictures. He looks like he's having a grand old time. I would be throwing up. And I would be feeling like I was trapped on a huge boat that was going to sink at any moment. So that's just. I've got an aunt and uncle that just swear by him too. People that love him really love him. So I know. I think Jenny is going on like a Alaskan cruise. Oh, you're right. I believe you are right. I remember saying that. I could not do it. I would be like, get me off this fucking thing right now. (laughs) I would just have to be heavily inebriated and I'd be fine. I don't want any more snakes on this motherfucking boat. Get me off this boat. Um, all right, we're just uh, we're just throwing shit out. So, Andy, before we leave, we've went over our top five or more than five most anticipated TV shows. If you're listening and you've got a show, 
Hey, email us. I always forget to tell people to email. Email us at dailydvr at gmail.com. We love to hear from people. I love it whenever anyone gives a comment on the show. Even if it's something you want to change, it means you're listening, and I we really do appreciate it. Um, but before we go, Andy, what are your plans for this evening watching the Lions versus the Chiefs? Are you going to be watching that whole game? Are you settling in? You got the kids with you? What are you doing? You're making some snacky poos. What are you doing? I probably, oh man, I, you know what? I might, I wonder if I might break out the projector in the basement and watch it on the big, big screen. Oh yeah. I'll maybe have Luke, Luke, I'll let Luke stay up and watch the first quarter or so. And then it, but it's, it's, since it doesn't start till seven 30 here, he'll, I'll let him watch a little bit before he has to go to bed. Cause it's still a school night, but I'm excited. I can't believe it's back. I can't believe it's back. Or I can, and I can't at the same time. I'm excited. What are your plans? You gonna watch outside? Uh, no, not tonight. I, I think on Sunday I am going to put the TV outside. I'm going to try it and see what happens because with modern technology, got a little Amazon stick on there, right? Just put it in, yep. plug it in. I'm good to go. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've got some good foods. I got, I got a couple, uh, I got, I got some delicious little, uh, steak bites that I'm going to be d- dining on. Maybe a hot dog, maybe a couple brewskis, got myself a Guinness, it's oh kind of, nice. Yeah, that sounds gonna, excellent. Be a little chilly. I'm gonna be and usually on Thursday night football, I watch about half the half the uh game and I hang out with the wife or whatever, because you know, out here on the West Coast, it starts at like five twenty. Yeah. Right? Like five o'clock, five twenty, not like at eight o'clock. Then I, I so maybe have a little late dinner, you know, and then go back. But I think because it's the first game of the season, I'm like, clear it out, folks. Yeah, special exception. Yep. Daddy yeah, you, ain't usually for back. usually for me on night games like this, it's uh, I a lot of times will miss the part of the first quarter because I'm still putting kids to bed and stuff. But yeah. the second half, I always see all of that. I watch all that live almost all the time. So, yeah, I'm gonna try to watch it. I will definitely build in about a 20 minute gap there. Because I like to fast forward through the old commercials. <laughs> those commercials, yeah. Uh, but that, but I'll do that maybe in halftime or something. But so I think I might watch live too because also can do a little live betting. I know you can't do that out there in Minnesota, but yep, I, I'll have to go across the border. Yep, have to sit <laughs> go south car. of the border down to old <laughs> Iowa way. <laughs> south of the border, a siesta in Iowa. Yeah, um, exactly. I'll just be sitting in my living room, being like DraftKings will be like. What do you think the next play will be, a run or a pass? And I'll be yeah. like, no, DraftKings, I'm not going to bet $5 on this stupid flip of a coin. <laughs> but um, I do have a couple bets in for tonight. I do have a parlay going. Okay, DraftKings offered a special. It's Detroit. If uh, so I chose Detroit and the Jets in this parlay, and this is what they have to accomplish. If Detroit at any point is winning by seven points or more, I win. And if the Jets oh. are winning at any point during the game by 10 points or more, I win. They don't have to win the game. They just have so to either win. or can either or, or is it two set? That's two separate. That's either or, right? No, it's the parlay. So both have to happen. 
Oh, both have to happen. I got you. Right. I got you. So I put down like five bucks. I could win like 80 bucks or something. So both Detroit has to be winning, has to at some point lead by seven, and the Jets at some point have to lead by 10. And then also I have a sneaky pick for first touchdown at plus 1,400, which is the kind of odds I like because I'm a terrible gambler. I'm not like Solo knows what he's doing. I just look to put down a little bit of money and make a ridiculous amount of money, something that's never going to happen. Nothing wrong with a few long shots here and there. Yes, but then every once in a while I do. I make some smart bets every once in a while. (laughs) But uh, this is my pick, my secret pick for first touchdown tonight, Noah Gray. That's my secret pick for first touchdown. Backup tight end for the Chiefs. I think they're gonna. I think Kelsey's gonna come out on the field. They're gonna double team him. Gray slips over. Pop. Mahomes touchdown. That's that's not a terrible idea. Because you said what'd you say it was fourteen hundred? Yeah, man. That's not so bad. That's not such a bad risk. Yeah, I think I, I think I I don't know how much. I think maybe I put down like three bucks. I could end up winning like thirty something dollars, forty two dollars or some shit. It's a big, I'm a big better folks. Okay. I am a big time high, high stakes, high stakes, high go, stakes, go big or go home. That's what I say. Right. Very high stakes. And <laughs> one time I put a $5 bet down on something one time, $5. You bet. You might want to try you after hearing that you better make a call to one of those things that they always have on Simmons's thing. If I, you know, have a- I know. Yes. <laughs> Actually, if you're listening to this, and you do have a gambling problem, Google it and get help because it is a serious thing. Um, no kidding. Yeah. Every, as Everything is addictive, especially podcasting with Andy. And that's why today we had a great time talking about our top five and more most anticipated TV shows of fall of 2023. Thank you, Andy, very much for coming on again. It's always a pleasure, my friend, to talk with you. Always a pleasure. Yes, this, this was fun. I'm I'm glad I'm glad we decided to do this today. Yeah, so me too, man. It was a fun. It was a good idea. I was like, wow, I actually had a good idea for a for a <laughs> for a show. Um, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. Head over to dvrpodcast.com. Email us again. Say hi. Dvrpodcast at gmail.com. Also become a patron at patreon.com slash dvr. Talk to you next time. I'll be back tomorrow. I might it's depending on how we work out the time thing because it's fucking mind-boggling. I might have Peter from Australia on tomorrow. Oh, th- yeah! I think nice. it's going to be Friday for me and Saturday, like afternoon for him. I think he's like seventeen hours ahead or some crazy shit. So we're trying to yeah, they're way it out. ahead. I know that. Yeah, so it's going to be cool. We'll talk some reality, and I'm just going to ask him shit about Australia. You know? Yeah. Well, tell him I said hi if that happens. Oh, I sure will. That's cool. Yeah, he's always a pleasure to have on. It's been too long, too long. Mm -hmm. All right, till then, thanks, everyone. Peace out.